Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, great to have you with us, V8 Sleuth Podcast for another week, and we are changing, well we're not changing gears this week, we're actually changing the whole gearbox unit, we're going to swap out what we would normally do, so Q&A last week, uh, no classic cars this week, no sit down DNMs. Will Dale, we are giving our listeners the inside line guide to the Velo Adelaide 500, the final round of the Repco Supercars Championship this year, where to watch, where to go, where to eat, all the bits and pieces that you need to know heading to the final round. And I tell you what, most of all, it's just awesome to have this thing back. I was going to say, how good is it that we can actually talk about an Adelaide 500 in present slash future tense <laughs> as opposed to past tense like we have the past couple of years? Well, there's one little thing that makes it a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. We did a book on this uh, <laughs> that ended in 2020, the Adelaide 500. Sensational Adelaide is the book title. Um, it will be out of date this year, although it's had a good shelf life for a couple of years and it's still <laughs> very relevant even though it's about to have an extra year that's not in it because it has everything from 1999 right up to 2020, images you won't get anywhere else, stats you won't get anywhere else. It's still a cool history thing but we've discounted the price. So if you jump on our website, link's in the show notes, grab yourself a copy, perfect way to warm up for the South Australian finale. It covers the first chapter of the Adelaide 500's right. history. Nicely put. We're yes. going to start <laughs> yeah. a new chapter uh, on the first weekend of December. December 1 to 4 feels a bit weird to be racing in Adelaide so late in the calendar year, but the last time we were there in 2020, I remember being in a chat in the media room with our great colleague Richard Crail, the voice of Porsche racing in this country and, of course, the Race Talk uh, website, um, and there was a discussion saying, Oh, the event's just lost a bit of flavour, a bit of fizz. How about going to the final round of the championship in December? Who knows? Here we are. We're doing it. <laughs> well, it's it's unusual to be racing in Adelaide this time of year from a supercars perspective, from an Adelaide 500 perspective. Of course, the Australian Grand Prix, when it was the Formula One race in Adelaide, raced at this time of year where it was a fantastic grand finale and was revered so by the Formula One paddock and all the travelling community around the sport. As a brilliant final, as a brilliant destination for the final race of the year to sort of celebrate everything that's happened and have a great big party. It was generally the first or second weekend, depending on how the calendar worked, of November, mm. the Grand Prix in Adelaide. So uh, this is a little bit deeper into the year, December 1 to 4. And it's not weird for the Supercars Championship to race that late in a year. We had mm. the, the Sydney Olympic Park 500 was commonly at the start of December. Of course, Newcastle's been a title decider over the course of the year at that back end of the year. But the thing that spins in my mind so much, and there's so many things we're going to talk about on the podcast today, uh, where to watch, concerts, on track, history, some of the cool stuff that's going on at this year's event. The thing I can't help but think, it's going to be hot. It's going to be probably, I mean, we've had some really hot Adelaide 500s in like late February where, you know, there's been drivers peeled out of cars and, you know, the year that Steve Owen went, not I, actually, on track mm. at the time, which was scary. Um I reckon that they're going to have to be really, really well uh, prepared for this one because this could be, I mean, it might not, it might turn out to be 28 and lovely, but it could be 38. It could be stinking. 
So I went and had a look at the um, data from the Bureau of Meteorology before this podcast. Now, is that the board, the bomb, the bureau? What are they calling themselves this week? Because there's been a bit of drama about that in recent times. If if we're media, which we are, we should probably refer to them as the bureau rather than the bomb. (laughs) But it sounds like the FBI's got (laughs) an interest in (laughs) us. Well, maybe they do. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) What do you reckon the average temperatures temperature is, average maximum temperature is for the 3rd and 4th of December in Adelaide? Historically, uh, what was across your sample size of data? 1955 here? through to last year. <laughs> okay, so it's fairly decent. I'm going to think it's less than we expect. Just the way that you were talking there, I'll say 30. 23. Really? 23. There were, wow. Now, to qualify that, there were a few dates in the past 15, 20 years where there were the odd spike. There was a 31 degree day in, I think, 2010, and a couple of 30 to 30-degree days. But, but no 39s, 40s. No. Wow, that's really, really interesting. I'm glad you do research. Uh, I didn't think to go that far to the bomb. I just sort of figured, well, it's going to be warm. But if it's high 20s, maybe 30, that's beautiful. It's, it's perfect. Great racing weather. Oh, perfect spectating weather. Perfect yes. concerting weather. Perfect Absolutely. eating and drinking weather. It's going to be um, an absolute banger. And I think the other thing that for our listeners, fans of the sport, people who are in South Australia or the eastern states or who are going to go along to this, if you've never been to the Adelaide 500 before, you got to go. Now that it's had a second lease of life, you must tick this box if you're a motorsport or even an event goer who just likes, you know, you might go to the Grand Prix not because you're a hardcore car racing fan, but you like events, you like the buzz, you love action, you love noise, you love colour, you love movement. This is very much for South Australia, uh, that style of event. Absolutely. And there aren't many supercars events where you can, or motorsport events, full stop, where you can walk from the city centre and be at the track. Mm. It's like I've done done it a couple of times back in the previous life of the event, walking from the centre of the CBD where our hotel was into the track. Only took about half an hour. Yeah. It's a lovely walk. It's perfect. And yeah. it's just in that perfect location, right on the fringe. It's not out whoop whoop. It's not in a industrial estate. It's not out, you know, so far away from public transport and accommodation options mm. and stuff like that. It it just works perfectly. And it was the blueprint for, for street racing, really, from when the Grand Prix turned up there. But for the fans listening who are going to go along, and this one of the things that's so critical for a fan of any sport is what it costs them to get in. And mm. they've actually made the tickets for 2022 uh, at 2012 prices. Uh, I keep having the throwback to that Mick Malloy movie. What was it? The, um, <laughs> the Bowls movie, Cracker Jack. Yeah. Drinks at genuine 1972 prices. <laughs> it sort of feels a bit like that. Um, Friday GA tickets start from $59. They're available now via Ticket Tech. To make life easy for our listeners for the Velo um, Adelaide 500, we'll put the ticket link in the show notes for this podcast so you can just make it. We're here to make it simple. We're yes. here to make it really, really easy. Now, the thing for me too, Will, is, and I'm interested in this, mm-hmm. what's the best place to watch the action at the Adelaide Street Circuit if you're a fan? Clearly, we're there in a working capacity. Uh, I've been there in commentary boxes and media centres and pit lane and stuff like that. But if you're out and about there, because you tend to, when you're coming in or out of the track, if you're working, you still have to go via a lot of the track to do so. So where would you go if we were going to say, Will, you're going to the Velo Adelaide 500, pick a spot, and that's where you're going to be for the start of the first race? i tell you what, for the sensation of speed... I reckon the grandstand at turn eight is rather good. Mm. Having And having seen a few punter photos from people I've bumped into over the years from there, you get a very, very good view all the way from 
what is it? Not Jones Strait. That's what it used to be called in the F1 Brabham days. Um, all the way down Brabham Strait and all the way up Bartles Road. So you actually get to see the cars for a reasonable length of time, and you get to see you get to see the drivers earning their money through turn eight. I was going to say, and you see probably one of the most spectacular, dangerous, committed corners on the Repco Supercars Championship calendar, mm. or in Australian motorsport, full stop. Yes, it's it's right up there because the consequences, as we know, are, are pretty large. I, you said grandstands there. I mm. go straight to the pit straight grandstand. Yes, because it's such a big structure. I don't know exactly how many thousand people it holds, but when it's full in the lead up to a start of a, a race, particularly with supercars in Adelaide, there's a real atmosphere there that I don't think you get at Bathurst. And I love Bathurst bigger than better than anyone. It's that sort of Coliseum vibe. Yeah, it because does because the, the stand's, stand's so high. Yeah. And when you're down on the grid looking back up to it, it's really looking down at you. Mm. And Having heard that grandstand roar when the winner's about to come out of the last corner or there's a great battle going on, I hark back to one that a lot of people don't remember in Adelaide history Mm -hmm. is Lowndes v. Seaton, late stages, Saturday race, 2000. Ah, yes. I stood in the pit lane for Motorsport News watching that. Seaton was hanging on, hanging on, Craig in the HRT cars, like drawing him in. He's going to get him. He's going to get him. Glenn holds off for a little bit. Craig gets him. I think it's like eight laps to go, ten laps to go. Mm. So the Ford fans are crestfallen. The red car fans are frothing, uh, not knowing that their bloke's about to become a a blue bloke for the next year. No idea (laughs) at that stage of the year. Uh, And the crowd, because when they came onto the straight, it roared. It was a genuine roar. And it's in that condensed area. It's not like pit straight at Bathurst that, you know, people are a bit spread out. Mm. They're not that deep there as opposed to maybe that, one big concentrated stand. So if you're going to go to a grandstand, particularly for the start, the finish, when there's some real moments of action going on, even around the track, because people could see the big screen and understand oh, yeah. and the reaction, even the things that aren't right in front of you, is still pretty cool to, to be among. So that's where I'm going. If it's GA and I'm not in a stand, that section into the last corner, the second last corner, the right hander where there's that curb that they all ride just before the pit lane entry road peels off. Mm. Just being in that area, there's there's merchandise areas behind you, food and drink. Um, further in Victoria Park, there's some support categories usually, so you can go and check out some of those cars. But to see the cars bounce off those curbs, buck and bronc and leap across them, everyone's got a different way of doing that corner. And I reckon if you want to watch cars still going pretty fast with attitude and a bit of something to look at, that's a pretty good spot to go and hang. That is a good shout. And if you do have a GA ticket, you can walk around pretty well all the yeah. track and yeah. look at whatever you want, basically. And there is a lot to look at. Turn four, I reckon that's pretty good. You can walk yeah. down um, Wakefields? across Wakefield yeah. Street. A lot of support category paddocks are down there, but you can always head up the road to, through the centre chicane, then off up down um, towards the staircase. Street, towards the staircase, four, five, six, seven, so on. Yeah, I reckon that's a good spot to be. You don't see the cars for very long, but turn four is a good passing opportunity. Up the inside there, mm. it's bumpy. You've got to get it done right. So I don't want to t- turn this into Race Driver 101 of uh, how to drive the track, <laughs> yeah. but I'm thinking as a He's fan, upstairs, if I'm on the other yes. side of the, the, the wall, that's where am I going to see some action, where am I going to see some drama, where am I going to see cars teetering on the brink of adhesion and where am I going to see potentially a bit of action? Because let's face it, people go on the car race, they want to see some drama. see things happen. And I reckon that's a pretty good place to to see some drama. So 
think we've covered a fair chunk of the track. Just I think quite. so. I think we kind of covered all of it, basically, all the all the key well, corners. whether you're GA or you're Grandstand, yeah. we gave you something there to uh, to go and have a look at. Plenty of merch, plenty of stuff going on around the facility. That's the thing. This is an event. It's not a race meeting. Mm. The racing's part of it. But when it comes to concerts and entertainment, that's why this thing's in the Hall of Fame. That's why it's won the Best Promoter Awards so many years because they got the mix right. They kind of wrote the they wrote the textbook on the mix for this mm. style of motorsport event. Well, it started back with a Grand Prix where it would always, ha- well, not always, but after a few years, they decided, oh, how how can we how can we enhance this event? Oh, let's have hey hey, it's Saturday here. That'll do it. Well, well, obviously that that covers the Saturday <laughs> night, and then on the Sunday night after the race, they'd have a concert with a major international act such as. Oh, Cher, Peter Gabriel. Did Tina Turner do it one Tina year? Turner. Yeah, Nineteen ninety three. Oh, there you go. She got Ayrton Senna up on stage and sang that's Simply the Best. right. I do recall that. I do recall that. And we definitely have a major international act this year as well. It's Jack Rewald's mates. Jack Rewald's mates indeed. Yeah, Brandon and the boys. Otherwise known as the, the Killers. Killers. Correct. So they play – actually, there's something for everyone. It's three nights of concerts. I went and looked this up on the Velo Adelaide 500 website and – it's, no matter what you're into, there's something really there for everyone. So they've done this pretty nice. I mean, the last band I saw there was the Red Hot Chili Peppers a couple of years ago. What was that? 2018, I think, maybe. Maybe 19. 19, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It so was a sellout on the Sunday it night. It was huge. There were people streaming in to the gates because there were people who bought their ticket to go to the concert who didn't go to the car racing part of the <laughs> day. But you buy your GA or your grandstand pass to the, the racing it gets you in the concerts, yeah. so it's not a separate situation. It's all a you know, it's all in one ticketing. So I reckon that's pretty cool. It's just a case of making sure you have enough energy to survive. If it you've been marathon, out in the hot sun all day, race, yeah. you know, watching the racing, moving around, going to different parts. Oh boy, it, it's a it's, it's a long be, day. Well, it's going to be an extremely long day of sunlight because, as we touched on, the race being in December now, the sun's mm. not going to set till quite late. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a bit different. It'll be, mm. be very different. Um, three nights of concerts. They're all on the CBC Oval. Um, Friday, Lime Cordial, The Presets, Baker Boy and Teenage Jones. Saturday, Jimmy Barnes, Ice House, Noise Work. So you've got their classic, Aussie, classic rock. Aussie rock Saturday. And Sunday, as you mentioned, The Killers, Amy Shark, and I'm pumped to see something for Kate. They'll be very That'll good. Be They're nice. always very good. Yeah, no, they've always been a ripper Aussie band. So that's where the concerts are. As I said, it makes for a pretty full day part of all your, your ticketing stuff. Will, you are a music man. You're probably the most music follower of anyone in the V8 Sleuth team. You are a concert it's goer. A, You've, it's a small It's a it's small, a small group, size. but it's a very important group, Will. Uh, Who's your ideal Velo Adelaide 500 concert lineup? If they said to you, Will, we need some help for next year's event, who are you going for? What would you like to see? See, any any long-term listener of this podcast would expect me to say Pearl Jam at this point. But totally. if it was Pearl Jam, I would not I would have to take leave because I wouldn't be able to um work at the race and also queue for the concert. So I so <laughs> you don't need a queue, mate. You just need to get a backstage pass or something special. Excellent point. Um to be, to be honest, the Killers is one of my, the Killers are one of my favorite bands. Good. So yeah, they'll, they'll so that on. is actually who I would pick as a headliner, just for my own personal preference. Um, the organisers this year have absolutely nailed that for me. It's all for you. Yes, it's yeah, all yeah. For you. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. I'd be up for Robbie Williams, having seen oh, what Robbie's he did at, good. The, at the MCG, the grand final for the AFL this year. Yeah, I'd be up for some Robbie. I reckon yep. that'd be good. International yep. act, but you know, kind of adopted. Yeah. In Australia, you know, he's he's uh, can draw a big crowd and does perform to, does 
perform extremely well. Puts on a show. Yeah. Um, is an entertainment package, doesn't just sing. Mm. So I think that fits the, the Vale of Adelaide 500. Anyway, we don't run the concerts. Not this year. Not this year. Maybe next year. We'll, we'll see how we go. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars unforgettable. I know for so many of our listeners, this event's all about the car racing. And the important part for this year's event is it is finally, it's been the long goodbye, but this is the last event for Holden in the Supercars Championship slash V8 Supercars slash Australian Touring Car Championship. The line of history that goes back to Nublar in 1960 to the first ever Australian Touring Car Championship comes to an end in Adelaide on that first weekend of December in 2022. There's going to be a Holden tribute cruise. We've been asked a lot by a lot of listeners about this. Um, you need to go to the Velo Adelaide 500 website to register and, and get the required ticketing for this. But on the Saturday of the event, December 3, um, cars will meet up. And you've got to register and pay for ticketing for this, by the way. So please go to the website to sort yourself out. Um, they'll all be These cars will all be meeting. It's, it's basically a convoy of Holden's from the old Elizabeth factory, uh, Holden factory in South Australia. They'll cruise to the Adelaide racetrack from there. Uh, tickets required, cars go on display. And I think Craig Lowndes is going to do a special tribute lap. I'm not sure what in, something special from a from the Holden side of things. So uh, as I said, more on the Velo Adelaide 500 website. We've had some people message us. We're not running it, nothing to do with us. <laughs> um, go to the official website and you'll get more details on the Holden tribute cruise. But this is going to be a, a really... I mean, we've sort of said goodbye at Bathurst when we couldn't go two years ago. We said mm. goodbye at Bathurst in October, but this is it. This is the full stop. This is absolutely last drinks. It is strange to think that come Newcastle in March next year, there isn't going to be a holding around on the grid. No, nope. like this not is not in it. the main game. Like, anyway. Yeah, not not correct. And all the more reason to um to go watch. Yeah, because, totally. Because, yeah. because Adelaide is a city and that region in particular has such a strong history with the Holden brand, with the manufacturing at Port Elizabeth, I mean, which in itself has links to the current supercars grid. I mean, Nick Perkat is a fourth-generation fourth Holden. Well, third or fourth. It's yeah. Yeah, multi-generational back through the Perkat clan Yeah, uh, working for Holden in South Australia. Mm. And, of course, one-time factory driver, one Bathurst, um, has been on the Holden side of the fence for a long time. And, of course, he's with Walker Troy and Dreddy United, which in the hearts and minds of so many of our listeners is still the Holden racing team. And, of course, it's their farewell to Holden. They're going to move mm. to Ford Mustangs next year, WAU. So, And this is the team that set the bar in those first years at the Adelaide 500, whether it was Lowndes winning the first one from last to first, Mark Scaife doing the same in the wet the next year, Jason Bright, you know, one, then scafe again for a couple of years. They virtually had a mortgage on the place for the first four or five events. And then, of course, James Courtney, in, early in the Car of the Future era, uh, won two Adelaide 500s in a row. Garth Tander was always in the mix and had a win as well. Um, over the history, that team has featured prominently right through. I mean, even when they weren't championship winning and Bathurst winning teams of the 2010s and 2010s, if I can put it that way, they still went good in Adelaide. Courtney was still at the podium or Tanda was still up there or thereabouts. It's a place where they have amazingly strong history. Well, you could dead set set your watch to it in the um in those in those mid twenty ten years that 
even if those cars were no good at Winton or any other venue, they'd be fast at Adelaide. And mm. Courtney, he, his win on the Saturday in 2016 with that, with holding off Jamie Wincup on the final lap through turn eight, <laughs> sideways through turn eight. Going in X amount of cases faster yeah. than he'd done in any, any other lap in yeah. that race. That was impressive. That was really, really good. And that was, yeah, he'd won the event overall in 14 and 15 and then that was 16. Mm. And then, of course, we know what happened on the Sunday. It absolutely pelted down and Nick Perkat won the fuel drop 500, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, yes. uh, hey, look, they did the job. They, they read the rule book right and, and structured their day correctly. A so. win is a win. Yeah, yeah, totally. So expecting plenty of tributes from fans and from teams um, for this final run with Holden, you'd expect, I presume, Triple Eight will do something that clearly Walkinshaw's, from what we're hearing, are going to do something. If you were going to be in control, there's a little bit of if I was running the world today on this episode, but... <laughs> What's the ultimate Holden tribute for the last Holden? If you've got to relivery a car, what livery are you going with and why? Uh, it's hard to go past the 01 HRT livery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the key, the key thing to it is it's red. <laughs> like that's yeah. it, it needs to be a red livery if you're farewelling Holden. And particularly that's in Adelaide. Particularly in Adelaide. Yep. I mean, that's like that's the signature. When, when you think of the Holden Racing Team, that's kind of the look I think of. Yeah. I probably am a romantic to go back to the Lounge 99 inaugural, but they've done that at the Sandown 500 exactly. at Retro Round previously. doesn't mean you can't do it again, but, um, yeah, to be a red car, whether it's 2000 Scaife or, I mean, they're all a bit similar. 01 and 02 was just the checkers at the back changing yeah. to, to uh, what's that, black in 02. So. Don't know how the, um, what's what's the colour of Optus, teal? Would yeah. go with a red, <laughs> but they did. I guess they had Siemens as a sponsor, yeah. which was a light blue-ish yeah. tealy well, colour. So, yeah, there's always a way to make these things happen. So we're going to farewell Holden from Supercars uh, at the Vale of Adelaide 500 this year, and I think that's going to help. Not just the fact that it's coming back after a few years away. This event, there's also that element too, and of course, um, it was the last event 2020 that we had before. I mean, we did get to the Grand Prix, but we didn't go racing. Yes. Uh, but it was the last completed event before we hit COVID. So um, from a, a Holden perspective, it's easy to forget that was the the weekend and the round, the week of the news that, oh, no go, Yeah, Holden's gone. So um, it's kind of probably appropriate for all the reasons we've just mentioned and plus this bringing the circle around to the full stop point from where we sort of got that news to where we'll actually – wave farewell off in the distance. So. It's incredible to think that's basically been a three-year journey. Yeah, just about, yeah. best part of it. It's um, And a lot's changed. We'll talk about that in a little while in this pod of who, what, when, where. The other thing we're farewelling, Will, is the current regulations. And so not just Holden, but Car of the Future slash Gen 2. It's been there since 2013. The control chassis underneath all the cars, the started with the Commodores and the Falcons. We saw the Mercedes. We saw the Nissans. The Volvos appeared. And then we changed the game a little bit with the Mustang. Well, we changed it a lot with the Mustang. <laughs> uh, and the ZB Commodore as well coming along too. So uh, this is a farewell too. They've they've developed these cars so strongly. We've ended up like we did in Blueprint where only a certain number of teams are really winning. Hopefully we're going to shake up and mix it all up when we bowl out first round of next year. But – I think this is this is the farewell of an era that will be overshadowed by the Holden element because a lot of fans will say, ah, they're, they're cookie-cutter cars, they're not real race cars. Tell you what, um, they're Australian-made, they're Australian-designed, 
they've they've given a lot of jobs to a lot of people in Australia and they've actually turned on over the journey some great racing. But when I think of the shunts in the last 10 years with these cars, mm, yes. they have stood up very, very well. I would rather be in one of those or these from the last X era than going back to the 90s, the noughties, the 80s. Some of the, the speeds they're doing now and the uh, when there's plenty of concrete around, uh, like in Adelaide, I'd rather be one of these new ones. Yeah, indeed. The, and as you touch on the speed of them, these are the fastest cars we've ever had in the Supercars Championship, Australian mm. Touring Car Championship. They are they are going like you look at you look at the lap records that have been set in the past couple of years. The car's been the quickest everywhere with the increased downforce, with the incre- with the um, suspension and damping advancements. Changes in Dunlop tyre over the years to trend towards softer compounds. These these cars are going as fast, if not faster, than they ever have. And it's a good point you raise because they're going to go faster in Adelaide than they mm. ever have before because the track's been resurfaced. Well, about 70-odd percent of the track's been resurfaced from the braking zone at Turn 9 through the entry of Turn 7. So we're going to see the fastest lap times in all categories that we've ever seen there. Uh, the development of the cars since the last event in 2020 that you just touched on, and then you add in this grip, if the weather's not wet, wow, it's going to be fast, really quick. Oh, absolutely. New lap record qualifying and race, you would think. Mm, mm. It's going to be insane the amount of speed through some of those corners. Of course, turn eight, you'll notice, is not between turn seven and turn nine or turn nine <laughs> and turn seven. So yes. that's one where they'll have to play with uh, what they've played with before. Speaking of who's playing, of course, supercars are the main game at the Valo Adelaide 500, but we'll see the final round of Super 2 and Super 3. So we'll see the farewell for Triple Eight actually in Super Two because they're yes. not going around again. Amazing situation. They've got no cars to use. <laughs> they've built so many yeah. of these cars over the years, and they the way that they've sold them off before no longer racing them means they're left with nothing. A and, victim uh, of their own success. Yeah, as they're going to be turns yeah, out. Yeah, they're going to focus on uh, GT stuff next year beyond the main supercars. So um, we'll see Super Two and Super Three in action, and of course that's a little bit of a farewell of an era too, because we'll probably have some drivers that will move on after all that. And, mm. and Super Three is going to continue next year, but with the Nissan Altima, the VF Commodore, and the FGX Falcon in there. Whereas um, and the, the, the current cars will still be eligible. But I think you'll find a lot of those competitors are going to go to that V8 Touring Car Reborn Series. So mm. it's an interesting one on how that plays out. Touring Car Masters makes an appearance in Adelaide. That's going to be a big hit with the fans for sure. Absolutely. S5000, some open-wheeler history there. You know, that should be a decent field given the level of event that that'll attract and we'll get some good steers there. Plus there's some teams that are based in Adelaide, so that's always handy for, for that category. GT cars with the GT World Challenge Australia Series, Aussie racing cars as well, so it fills your four days on track pretty well. It really does. That's a good That's a good blend of different categories as well. It's, it's probably great the best support lineup of any supercars event for the year. That's what I was going to say. Off the top of my head, I can't remember how many TCM, how many times TCM has been on the supercars cart this year. If it's any, it's not many. Uh, mental blank. I haven't yeah, said yeah. it to, to look it up. Yeah, I looked at the so Bureau weather, weather data, but I didn't look at the TCM schedule yeah. before oh, they're, in Townsville. they're in Townsville. They're in remember. That's where the, the pacer got uh, smashed oh, into. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's it was pretty rare. I think next year they're going to be a bit more of a split. But uh, And these cars are great to watch on the street oh, yeah. as well. They rock and roll around. Yeah. yeah. And lots of um, the staircase is classic because it's mm. 90 degrees lefts and rights. Well, these cars have a lot of power, so uh, yes. and they're, they're not gripped up, aeroed up, so yeah. you know they slide. They actually have a bit of um, a bit of 
attitude and a bit of movement. So that's what we, we love about that. So that's a pretty good support card overall. I reckon that's when you compare it pound for pound against most um, events, that stands up pretty well. The other thing that I know a lot of our listeners will want to know who might not have caught up with this or might not have actually stopped to consider, it will be the traditional 2 by 250 kilometer 78 lap race distance around the streets of Adelaide. So Excellent. One race so Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. One race Sunday. Remember that there was a time when they split up those Saturday um, that Saturday a dark racing time, yes. to, yeah, two 125s. Didn't need it, didn't work. Let's keep it as it is. It's um it's it's worked for a long, long time and I think it's uh it's the way to go. So never shall we hear again anyone speak of swapping that format. Agree? One hundred percent. Good man. I like it when you agree with me. It's good. It's not just because <laughs> I pay you, it's because you genuinely agree with me, don't you? We have a yes. Yes, yes, yes correct. Um, let's focus on supercars quickly. We uh, form guides are interesting. Uh, we can really only go off the Adelaide five hundred form guide from 2020 backwards, lots of stuff's changed since 2020. I mean, cars have developed, we've got a resurface track. And because of COVID, we really haven't done much street racing as we normally would have done over the years. Um, You know, Gold Coast only came back this year. Newcastle's been off the calendar for some time, coming back next year. We've been to Townsville a few times. I don't count Townsville, though. I don't count as a street track. uh, It's it's not. But you look at some street roads. A couple. But, yeah, but, but you nah. look at the kind of characteristics you need at Townsville, car that rides the curbs, mm, car that looks yeah. after its tyres, car that puts its t- power down well. I mean, Generally, that, if that you, ticks if a few you, boxes. Yeah, if you look at who's dominated Townsville in the past, Triple Eight, Tickford, Walkinshaws, mm, yeah. it's kind of your, your blend. It was never a track really that DJ Team Penske owned or no. took over. So. Was, they were strong there this year. But, mm, mm. yeah, not one of their their primary tracks, you would think. Yeah, and with Adelaide, I mean, you go back through e- even recent to recent past history, Triple Eight stand out as the, the strong force. You got If you beat them, you're pretty much a good chance to win the event yes. in Adelaide. Uh, I reckon Walkinshaws have to probably have the claim to the best chance to knock them off. If you look at Adelaide mm. history, as we touched on a little bit earlier, they've always been pretty strong there. Uh, and we haven't seen a Penske-less DJR in Adelaide since 2014. Yeah, wow. Because, of course, they came on the scene in 15 with Marcus. and Put it in the top 10. He put it in the shootout and then he retired pretty much <laughs> after that. Um, and then they sort of became a factor once McLaughlin turned up. And, of course, 2020 um, it was his last season. Penske left at the end of 20 and we haven't had an Adelaide event since. So hmm. it's the first time we'll see Will Davison in a DJR car in Adelaide since 2008. Back in the Damn. Jim Beam days, so that's a that's a fair while. So it's a bit hard to get a read around a little bit of that. And street racing form is generally lacking for the last two and a half years. But um, we would expect the the same old blokes to be lurking or thereabouts. But Adelaide's one of those tracks that the car isn't as big a factor as other places. A driver can make a bit of a difference around there. So you might see a couple of drivers pop up there and actually contend that may not have otherwise been able to do so. You'd think maybe the BJR cars, especially Andre Heimgartner, mm. who can who can rag a good lap, yeah, um, yep. would also be right up there as well. Yeah, I reckon we'll get a couple of little surprises along the way. But teams have sort of got one eye on next year, what they're trying to do, trying to get themselves ready. Uh, how much money have I got? How much money can I spend on this year's car versus next year's car? Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published 
in the last 22 years, from the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present, and the stars that steered and built them. AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. The other thing will be interesting, i tell you what will be interesting to see in Adelaide. Mm -hmm. See if you can find anybody who's already done a deal to buy one of the current championship running cars. And just stand with them for three days and watch how stressed they are as their pride and joy that they're about to take control of, whether they're a collector or a Super 2 team, um, is firing around the concrete walls for three days hoping that they can basically wheel it into their truck at the end of proceedings or it goes back to the team to be prepped for a ride day or whatever, then it gets handed over in one piece. There'll be plenty of stressed units walking around Adelaide. It'd be interesting to um, hook a heart monitor up because you could see when the supercar <laughs> sessions were on and you could probably tell when their car's going through turn eight. Yeah, 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 definitely. When they look away, that's yes. probably why. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that springs to mind too for this year's event, uh, Velo, uh, new sponsor, Adelaide 500. Seen their name around a little bit. They've been on the Walk and Shore Andretti United cars. If you're a football fan, uh, they've been on the Hawthorne Football Club in AFL, the Adelaide Crows, um, Adelaide United, uh, FC in the A-League if you're a round ball um, game fan. So it's an Australian company actually. Mm. I've heard a lot of people will be because they know this event so strongly as Clipsal from yeah. over the years, which probably one of the best sponsorships that's ever been in motorsport because the sponsorship became the event and the event became the sponsor kind of yeah. thing. So for Velo, this is a smart thing to get on board with. Um, it's actually it's an ultra-high-performance LED lighting business. It's Australian. It's been around for about 10 years. Um, they do a lot of lighting for sports facilities and visual display signage. Um, so it's a name that's popping up in a lot of sports brands and sports clubs and sports grounds as well. And it's it's all Aussie tech, which is pretty cool as well. So, you know, a, a uniquely Australian category, supercars, uniquely Australian event, Adelaide 500 and um, an Aussie business getting involved. So that's pretty cool too. Uh, if you like stuff you know, everyone who listens to this podcast is into the car racing, but you know the days of um, the VB Challenge and all yes, that kind of stuff. Yes. I reckon there needs to be a bit of that this year. I've got a sneaking suspicion. I've had a look at the schedule, and I reckon that there might be some of those entertainment sessions. Like we'll see Matty Mingay and the Hot Wheels stunt team doing their thing. Uh, the Airtime Freestyle Motocross guys doing their thing. But I reckon that we, we they did have a VB Challenge like. Um, Thing at Adelaide in its latter years on the pit straight, I reckon that's the go, and I reckon we've got to nominate some legends to do it. Oh, absolutely, that'd be the go. The, the, I don't think there'd be a shortage of people putting their hands up to have a go. It'd be the shortage would come from people willing to put their cars up to have a go, because <laughs> yes. I, I, from memory, those things got hot oh, rodded a fair bit. Massively. They weren't quite standard. No, 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 they were built for entertainment. And yeah. Robbie Herrod, who of course is so synonymous with supercars, with. Uh, the engines for the Ford Gen 3 cars, and he's been around Dick Johnson's team for a long time. Uh, he put those cars together back in the day, the, the yeah. Challenge cars. So uh, he knows a thing or two of that. If anyone who's on that Holden Tribute cruise should find their car disappearing from the car park uh, and a run legend of the sport, it, run speak. after it. Don't let them go and use it. Uh, <laughs> don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Um, food and drink, big day, working at the track, spectating. Are there any go-tos for you in Adelaide? Any, any places that you go, ah, I wouldn't mind stopping in there for a beer, a steak, uh, a meal. There's so many places to choose from. I, I didn't go. I didn't get the opportunity to go to Adelaide that many times. 
and I I'm really bad for remembering the names of places that I went to. <laughs> oh, that that that, yeah. that joint with the good drinks. I, I know I've had I know I've had really good steaks there, including one steak that was on one of those hot stones where it sort of cooks in front of you. Uh, I've had good Italian there. One of the supercar, one of the team PR people took me and a couple of other people to the. Italian restaurant that Ayrton Senna used to love going to and back in the day. did you pay or did they pay? Uh, I don't recall. Well, for me, Gauchos. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the place that you've got. It's an Argentinian restaurant. They Ooh. do amazing stuff. They do really good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, look, yeah. We're, not, we're not on a deal here with them, by the way, either for anyone who's wondering. But having been there a few times over the journey, that is a go-to um, in Adelaide if, you're, mm. if you like uh, that style of stuff. It's... Uh, Lots of seafood too, so yeah. it's definitely a um, a must go to. And the great thing is that there's so many pubs and restaurants and stuff oh, yeah. close All the way to the up track. Mall. You walk yeah. 15 minutes from the track at the end of a day. Yeah, you're going to be fed. You're going to be watered. You're going to find something yeah. somewhere somehow. So. Um, always love the fact that the Stag Hotel's there on the corner of the old Grand Prix track because it's <laughs> yes. not on the actual supercar track. It's a little shorter version of um, what the Grand Prix venue was, but that's a pretty cool place to stop in as well for a beer mm. um, just to say that you've been there. It's almost like, oh, well, we went to Adelaide, we stopped in at the pub that was on the track and yeah, exactly. happy days. It's It had to be done. So, yeah, plenty of places to, uh, to eat and drink. The thing is too for us, because we're there working um, – it's a bit of a struggle to find time to go and do that stuff and you always end up having a quick takeaway or a meal at the hotel, hotel or yeah. something like that. But I reckon this year I've got to get out and about and uh, experience a bit, a little, little bit of Adelaide. Remember cuisine. what Adelaide is like. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's been a while since oh, yeah. I've been there. I haven't been to Adelaide since the 2020 event, so mm. looking forward to, to getting there. Um, the other element too of Adelaide that stretches out the um, Adelaide 500 finale of the season Gala dinner. The award dinner is oh, back yes. this year for the first time in, what, three years? 2019 was the last time that everyone put their tuxes on and waddled away to the uh, to the, to the the evening. <laughs> Sarah, but oh, the, th- yeah. the thing that's a struggle with that one, you know who's winning? Shane gets his trophy. Oh, yeah, true. Shane and Garth get the Bathurst trophy again. There's not too many things that are surprises at the gala dinner on the Monday night. No, true. I would hate I would hate to be a beer in Adelaide on Monday afternoon slash evening, though you would be in a substantial amount of danger. <laughs> I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. It's uh, it is a, a great event. Um, I think it's going to be a bit smaller this year, just because of the time of year. Mm. Um, finding a location big enough in the lead up to Christmas that wasn't already booked or already sorted has been a little bit difficult. So it might be a case of a few people might miss out on being able to go this year. But um, for the industry, it's a great chance to finish off the season. And always interested to know, like when there's a Hall of Fame induction, that's always cool. And some of the things that you don't know that are going to pop up on those nights that we'll report on on V8 Sleuth in the aftermath. So that's just a little bit of a postscript to the Mm. uh, Velo Adelaide 500 for the final year. I actually went back to the 2020 Adelaide 500 and thought, well, how many drivers have – gone or arrived since then and it's it's only two and a half years ago a bit over two and a half there were 24 drivers in the field then there's 25 now because we've added one more to the mm. to the grid 18 are the same this year yeah, as right. 2020 it was probably a few more than i thought yeah but there were some heavy hitters who were there then that will not be on the grid scott mclaughlin won't be mm. on the grid but he will be there he will indeed. Because he's going to be part of um, the Supercast TV broadcast team. That's going to be interesting that to watch. I'm interested yeah. to see what they do with <laughs> yeah. Scotty, by the way, because um, 
anyone who follows him on Twitter knows that he's clearly sitting up watching plenty of supercars at all hours in North America and offering his uh, online commentary as well. So I'm interested mm. to see what they do with him. Jamie Winkup, of course, team principal now for Triple Eight. Uh, Fabian Coulthard, uh, endurance driver for Walkinshaw and United. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Kelly, retired at the end of 2020 and hasn't been back to supercars in any way, shape or form. No. Zane Goddard, of course, um, drove for Tickford this year at Bathurst. And Gary Jacobson lost his drive with Premier at the start of the year after a couple of rounds and replaced by James Golding. So those are the guys who have swapped out since uh, 2020's Adelaide event. So by and large, it's pretty much a lot of the familiar faces, just some of them have jumped around teams and wearing different pyjamas. Because interestingly, there's a lot of drivers who are with the team now that they weren't with only 2020. Like things have changed a lot. Well, James Courtney is probably the um, probably the main one who was with Team Sydney. Oh, that's right. He was at the too. 2020 Adelaide the, 500. The and one time only. The last time, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, departed at the end of that, after that round, um, and then joined Tickford Racing after Well, after, after Phil the Monday gap. departed 23 Red and Will Davison. So, yeah, things change more than you think sometimes when you look back at uh, it's a small, small amount of time. It's not a massive. It feels so of time. long ago, though. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, it like, really does. Yeah, everyone's been through a lot since then. There has been a bit happen, and so it's it's going to feel like we've finally got to the full circle of the COVID stuff and all the weirdness of the world to get back to having this event that we know and love. Mm. It's in the Hall of Fame. It was inducted to the Supercars Hall of Fame in two thousand and five. It remains the only event that's ever been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, look, Hall of Fames are a bit subjective, and sometimes there's political reasoning behind some of these things because a lot of people would say, well, why is the Bathurst 1000 not in the Hall of Fame? That's the exact question I was about to ask. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. So if we're we're short on putting something in, I think that's probably got to get a run next. But, um, I mean, this event's won the Promoter of the Year Award multiple times, Best Volunteer Group in 2016. Um, They've had it covered from all angles. And as we said at the start, it's been the blueprint for street racing events that have followed. Uh, and, And the Grand Prix obviously started it, then the Adelaide 500 picking up after a couple of years after the Grand Prix left. But, you know, you look at Gold Coast, IndyCar race came along, Newcastle, Canberra. Um, okay, we'll count Townsville in the street <laughs> race mix for you. Um, but some of them have been hits bigger than others, but the inspiration and the blueprint goes back to Adelaide. You even look internationally at the amount of street races that have stood the test of time. There Long are Beach. Long yeah, Beach, Long Beach, Monaco. There really aren't many beyond that. And even they keep making noise about Monaco too. Yeah, Long Beach I want to go to. I reckon that's. I reckon that's the probably around the world like for like the closest thing there is to Adelaide or Gold Coast Mm. for a car racing event. But they don't have supercars, so yeah, not yet. Well, I don't think we can race there. I think there's part of that FIA thing. No, that's Europe, isn't it? They don't let us go to Europe, so it's true. Uh, yeah, why last not? time I checked, California's let's, not in Europe. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to. I knew that there was a boundary line of where you can and can't go with uh, the sanctionings of series, and of course, we went there in 2013, Circuit of the Americas. So yeah, screw it. Let's go to Long Beach. <laughs> let's let's have uh, the Velo Adelaide 500 and the uh, Long Beach 500. Zach Brown will be up for that. I yeah. reckon let's, the Adelaide let's, of the Americas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's we should have that. Chat. Yeah. Um, by the way, final round, the date change, I think it works for me. Away from the, I was thinking about this the other day. When we used to go there for when it normally would run, the Fringe Festival was on. Yes. It was like Adelaide was doing all its big stuff in one week. <laughs> doing it stretch all it before out, football season. Yeah, stretch yeah. it out. Get some value out of it. I think this is a winner. Oh, absolutely. And you think about how hard Supercars is trying to find 
a good fit for its season finale. Homebush, oh, they really tried to make fetch happen there, but it never quite worked as the final round. Um, after that, Newcastle. Newcastle was a good contender, mm. but yeah, unfortunately yeah. I, I circumstances. It was, it was probably the best yeah. attempt or the best possibility. But you know that Adelaide is going to be a great final event. The only thing year that you, to year. The only thing you could make it better with is the bit you can't control is that having the championship go the wire in mm. the last round, the last race, the last lap. Hard to write that script. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of powerful people in this sport, but they don't have that much power to be able to <laughs> plot and plan it so it uh, lands like that. But either way, we don't care. Championship on, championship off, big points lead, small points lead. The fact of the matter is the Velo Adelaide 500 is back. We're excited. I hope you're excited too. Um, if you don't have your tickets and you're wondering about going, we're not just talking rhetoric here, go. Make sure you're there for the final time for Holden in supercars. Enjoy an amazing event. See some cool bands. Eat some nice food. Drink some nice drinks. Um, watch some cool cars. And watch some cool cars. It is an absolute banger, the Velo Adelaide 500. Um, for more event information, of course, we'll cover lots of the lead up on v8sleuth.com.au, but head to the official site, adelaide500.com.au, for all of the schedule and ticketing and all the bits and pieces that you might need. We will run a link in our show notes for this episode to the ticketing information so you can go straight away to it and get yourself sorted. Next week, V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. We're back to the sit down interview format. Part one of a two-parter with, well, he raced to the Adelaide 500. Sure did. Steve Ellery, former Triple Eight driver, former Steve Ellery racing driver, funnily enough. Uh, I had current a, Steve Ellery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a great sit-down with Steve. Big two-parter ahead. Uh, we covered his whole career from go to low and some stuff that you've never heard before about what really happened behind the scenes. Part one next week of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Red don't forget, Castrol Motorsport News Podcast, the boys, ABL and Steph, every Tuesday. Uh, Repco Supercars Weekly, late in the week. We've had a couple of weeks where we've missed late, lately with some circumstances and some other commitments, but whenever there's anything worth reporting, we'll report it in Repco Supercars Weekly. But that is us done. The Velo Adelaide 500, December 1 to 4. We'll see you there. It's going to be an absolute banger. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Another edition next week. Enjoy yourself. Check this out. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.